check, check it, the time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, the university where you learn everything going on in the world of pop culture and see what life lessons you can get from it. Oh, my God. It's been so long since we've spoke. I miss you guys so much. I truly have been craving conversation with y'all. Y'all have been DMing me like, where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? I've just had the most crazy, hectic, soul-crushing, spirit-testing week of my whole entire life and i just needed to tell you guys all about it so i'm so happy and thankful to be talking to you guys again you know when like you're at a party and you're surrounded by the whole crowd at the party and all these people who give you anxiety and you don't really know and you don't know who you can trust and at some point you just want to go home and be with the little small group that you came with who are like your real friends that you trust and feel safe around that's how i feel about you guys like you guys are my people my group that I feel safe around and just want to talk to because this week I moved to LA and from Chicago. So across the whole country and it has been the wildest ride. I've met so many, like hundreds of people done so many events in the last week, meeting all these influencers that you guys know and seeing how they really are. If they're nice, if they're mean, we're going to get into all that. We will be naming some names. We're going to discuss the influencer scene. If it's, like you would think it is if people are horrible if the events are terrible if they're really cool or good or just how you really get treated at these tiktok instagrammy events in this kind of new generation of being an influencer because i really experienced it all this week and just life in la because i feel like a lot of my listeners are millennials and gen z and there's almost like this gen z dream of getting big on tiktok and then moving to la and living the influencer life so i'm just gonna be really real with y'all about how it is because I feel like Little Miss Ariel. I feel like a fish out of water as if I just grew legs. And let me tell you, this gravity is pulling me down. It's been a hard week with ups and downs and I just cannot wait to share it with you all. And we need to talk about this damn Titan submarine that has taken over the world. She's really the it girl at the moment. No one has the longevity of the Titanic, not even Cher staying relevant all these years later so we're going to sprinkle in some tea in there but this is mostly going to be a catch-up and a behind the scenes look into life in la through someone who has always dreamed of moving to hollywood and living in los angeles amongst the stars so i'm so excited and before we get into it make sure to rate this podcast uh screenshot yourself listening to it dm me also if you live in LA please DM me let's hang out like I don't know if that's weird to like hang out with your students <laughs> your podcast listeners I don't think it's weird like I don't care you're cool you're my friend if you listen so DM me and yeah without further ado students get in your seat face forward pay attention because pop culture university is beginning I hopped up the plane at LAX with a dream my card again Welcome to the land of fame access Am I gonna fit in? Jumped in the cab, here I am for the first time Look to my right and I see the Hollywood sign This is all so crazy Everybody seems so famous My tummy's turning and I'm feeling kinda homesick Too much pressure and I'm nervous That's when the taxi man turned on the radio And a Jay-Z song was on And a Jay-Z song was on And a Jay-Z
July 17th, 2023. It will be a very important day for me forever because that is the day that I decided to pack up all my shit and move out of the suburb that I was born in to head for the big city, the lights, the camera, and the action of Hollywood, California. And that is exactly what I did. And let me tell you, it's been a rough 10 days. So I'm 22 and I understand that qualifies me as a legitimate adult. Like I can take myself to the doctor's office and I pay my own bills and everything. But this week truly initiated me into adulthood just because of every single thing I've gone through. And my dad always says, like, you're not an adult until you live on your own and pay for all your things and take care of yourself. It's not just when you're 18. And I feel like we can all agree with that. I don't know about you, but I did not feel like an adult when I was 18. All I felt was was like still a teenager. So I feel like real adulthood starts definitely at some point in your 20s. And there's a lot of up and downs to it. One of the saddest parts I did not expect was it was so sad leaving my house. For some reason, I thought it'd be a joyous occasion and everyone would be happy for me that I was like getting this opportunity and getting to go like venture out into the West you know, like they did back in the day with Lewis and Clark on their gay expedition and mining gold and kicking all those Indians out. Like I thought it'd be like a really fun time, but everyone was like really sad. Like they were all still really happy for me, of course, but very sad vibes. And it was almost like a hard day leaving because I felt like I was inflicting pain onto people. Like me and my best friend were standing on my porch for like 10 minutes telling each other how much we're going to miss each other and how much we love each other and we're the most important people in each other's lives and it was like one of the most special conversations I think I've ever had in my life but I was just thinking why would I leave her I feel so bad and leaving my mom and my siblings I felt like such a bad son and a bad brother in a way and I was carrying a really heavy burden with me right before leaving and then the day of my dad goes to drop me off at the airport and he Right as we get out of the car to say goodbye, I look at him and I start tearing up a bit. And then I see that he is tearing up. And then I just completely lost it because I've never seen my... Actually, I have seen him cry when like our dog died, but <laughs> that was traumatizing. And he can still be a man crying over a dog crying and a dog dying because that's really fucked up shit. Some of the hardest shit in the world. But um, I just didn't expect him to cry like that. And then... I was crying so bad to the point where we're both those kind of people where we can't talk much when we cry. So we were kind of just hugging each other and like standing out the airport like, ah, 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 ah. like just making sounds back and forth. <laughs> we probably looked crazy. There was no conversation, just like crying and attempts at making a real word. And then I go in the airport crying in TSA. People are staring at me like I'm being held hostage as if I'm being human trafficked like is, is he supposed to be here is he okay the man in TSA looked at me really intensely in my eyes and was like are you okay he was like blink twice if someone in this line is like holding you hostage and then I was randomly chosen to get my whole body scanned I'm sure it wasn't very random they were like pull pull this guy aside and scan his whole body anyway the whole plane right here I was crying like a baby and you think Always when you're on a plane, like, why don't those parents shut up their fucking babies and stop crying? I was the baby on this plane. The whole two hours or like three hours, I didn't even listen to like dramatic sad music because I knew that would just make it worse. I feel like that's the moment to really have your main character 
moment, like flying in the sky while you're moving to LA from across the country. Like you better be listening to break away by Kelly Clarkson or what's some other, like, I, I don't know some other dramatic ass song. I'll always remember you by Hannah Montana, something like that. But I really wasn't, I was just listening to normal upbeat shit to not make myself want to jump out of the plane. Um, but yeah, once I got to the airport, I was fine. I really just had a really bad, like emo moment. But like I said, I felt like I was being a really bad son and I was still carrying that burden after I got off. I wore a cardigan on purpose and I, was taking like a mental picture in my mind. I said, remember this moment in the back of my mind when I stepped off the plane. So I could always say now forever that I hopped off the plane at LAX with a dream in my cardigan. <laughs> Welcome to the land of fame excess. Ooh, am I going to fit in? Yeah. I <laughs> wore a cardigan for that moment. And I did fly into LAX, but isn't that so crazy? I lived my Miley Cyrus party in the USA fantasy, but that song is really accurate. Now, like I never really, I, like I would kind of just sing it and throw my hands in the air when the Jay-Z song, you know, but I never really understood the song and maybe whoever wrote that song, I'm pretty sure it wasn't like 15 year old Miley who wrote that, but whoever was definitely just moved to LA because they were experiencing everything that I was feeling, especially when she was like, Feel like hopping on a flight back to my hometown tonight. Because that first night that I was in L.A., I didn't even have time to go to my apartment. I had to go right to the TikTok Pride Gala, which is basically the gayest ball on earth. And it's actually so wild because all your favorite gay LGBTQ icon TikTokers were there. Every single one of them. And I'm a gay man, so I was so happy to meet other queer people. And I, I don't know if you guys are queer or whoever isn't here. If, if you're straight, like <clears throat> LOL, that's an interesting choice. Don't do it in front of my kids. But if you are queer, you know, you you just feel really comfortable around other gay people. So I was really looking forward to this event. But when I got there, I just felt like so in my head and so self-loathing for leaving my hometown for some reason. And I couldn't really enjoy my time. And at one point I put on sunglasses because I felt like emotional again. Also, they didn't let me into the party at first because I didn't have a recent COVID test, which I thought was so stupid. They didn't even put that on the invitation. And then they said, okay, well, do you have a photo of your vaccination card? And I said, no, because that was three years ago. I don't keep that anymore. I'm not a photo hoarder. I'm not hoarding photos of random things I don't need. Like, why do we need a vaccination card still? That's so crazy. You know, I'm not a dog in a kennel. It's three, it's over three years since that happened. Fucking wild. So I had to walk to CVS, like right across the street, shove a stick up my nose. And then I got into the party and then I shoved something else up somewhere else at the gay party. I'm kidding. But, um, I, yeah. So I was like really upset there, kind of masking my feelings, being really awkward with anyone I was socializing with. But this was the time to socialize because I'm telling you, James Charles was there. Terry Joe was there. Um, LGBTQ singers, um, any drag queen you can imagine, like so many extremely famous, like A-list gay people, like Spencewa, I guess he's super big. And I don't know, I don't know. I'm trying to like quickly think of the other gay people there, but just any huge following of a gay person was there. 
wait shit see this is how hectic my life is right now i just got a text that my movers are here to move my couch into my apartment so i have to take a little pause hold on y'all that was stressful i'm back that was stressful when they were moving it in they kind of like dropped it right in front of me and then we knocked a little piece of my door frame off as they were bringing it in the security deposit is like is like a long fading hope fading away in the distance at this point i didn't really even want it but the couch is so beautiful I'm so happy with it. I got it at an outlet store and a rich bitch placed an order for a custom couch, but then they canceled it. So they just had to lay this in the store for 35% the original price. And guess who picked it up? Me, bitch. You got to learn how to play the shopping game. Get those damn deals. You need a nice item for a low price. That's what you need. We want quality for a low quantity per my mom would be so proud. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. All the flaming homosexuals were there. Like, Jojo Siwa. Like, all the gayest of the gay. And let me tell you some really nice people that I met. Really amazing influencers. And these people, like, welcomed me into their group. I feel like this is almost like my just peers, my friend group in LA. I don't like to say friend group because I don't want them to feel like they're, like, my friends already. Like, they must hang out with me. And I'm holding them hostage as my friends. But I met Louis Levante and his boyfriend, Justin. Gay man with a spray tan was super cool super nice um scott frenzel um dakota and justin who do the food orders were like and for to drink and then they say what they're gonna get from any random restaurant in america they're like arby's orders but yeah they're super cool like just a bunch of the gay 20 something um tiktokers i met lou kayla who sings lottery with lotto if I let you take me home with you tonight, if I let you see what I got on my mind. So nice. She was the nicest, nicest, nicest person in the whole world. And she is doing really good in her music career. She sings, I don't care. I'm in my pretty girl era. I'm a stare. But she was still humble enough to ask me what I was doing too. Like, how is my content going? Oh, like, what do I post? Because she's commented on a few of my posts before, but I always do green screens and have myself at different angles. So people may not recognize my full body in person. So I told her and she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know you. But the thing is with these influencers, they're not necessarily mean. People say LA is the meanest, most fakest place. You're not going to be able to make a real friend out there because anyone is an influencer and they're horrible people who just use you for clout or will exploit any part of their life or anyone who doesn't want to be for their own personal gain. Like you're kind of just a content piece for them and fodder and they're going to stomp on you and just be horrible. That's the big stereotype about LA influencers. And I didn't meet anyone like that. Well, maybe I did. I don't know. There was one guy who was a really big TikToker who came up to me, my friend, and he's really big. Like, you you know him. Especially if you're gay. That's the only hint I'll give you. That's how you know him. But he just comes up to me and he puts his phone in my face while he's recording. And he's like, let's do a pop culture universe, uh, university thing. As if he didn't know what I post and my whole MO and brand. And the gag is me and this guy used to, like, text a lot. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot. Because we met on TikTok Live. And then we were friends. So he was like just putting his phone in my face, didn't ask for consent, was kind of like disrespecting me. And then he turns to my friend and pretended that he didn't know my friend at all, who I was with. And he called him the name of a different TikToker, like on purpose. 
And I don't know why he would do that. Like, it, it was just obviously on purpose because he started saying his right name and then went to someone else's name who makes similar content, maybe to feel superior or make himself feel better about his own place in the influencer world. Like, I'm more know than you. You knew my name. I don't know yours. I just cannot bring myself to say his name right now, but the hint was there that, you know, a gay person. I can confirm in my DMs if you want. But that was a weird experience. I just walked away feeling like icky, like had such mean girl vibes. But as I was saying, like most people are not like that. I met like 50. But the thing with these influencers is they have an ego. And it's very obvious. Most people, if you meet them out, you would introduce yourself and it'd be a mutual conversation. What do you do? Where are you from? What do you like? What do you blah, 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 your hobbies? The influencers are, you go up to them. You say, I like your videos. They say, thank you. I say I'm such a big fan. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I love that. And then they don't ask you about yourself. And I think that would normally be fine if we were like out on the street, but we were at a TikToker event. You were only invited to this TikTok event if you made TikToks. There weren't even plus ones. So you knew, bitch, that I am a content creator and you do not care to network. You do not care to get to know me if I'm not immediately recognizable or famous to you. There was definitely a few like that. They're coming in my mind. They're popping in my mind right now. Um, again, I don't think they're mean for that. I just think it's a little bit just slight, slightly, slightly rude. I guess I wasn't offended because I know I'm not this huge, massive TikToker, but enough people do know me where a lot of people I went up to, they were like, oh, Pop Culture University, I've seen you. So it just feels like a missed opportunity for them to network because what if I was a lot bigger than they thought and maybe they just didn't know me a bit rude if you ask me I made the effort to of course ask every single person even if I knew like their follower count was low I don't care like I'm gonna be so enthusiastic I'm gonna get your phone number I'm gonna like give you you know a real conversation and everything I will say someone who was really nice to everyone I saw him talk to was James Charles I was standing really close to him for a minute but I was like in my mood and feeling emotional and he had a lot of people coming up to him. So I didn't want to join that line when I really couldn't even like make a good conversation with him. But I did overhear him talking to a lot of people and everyone he spoke to, he was so interested in. He gave them a long conversation. Like James was super nice to every single person. He looked great. I feel like the world is turning in the tide of James Charles again. They decide to hate him one year and then like him the next and hate him the next. So I guess 2023 people are going to like him again because, or people are just fake and they go up to him in person, but everyone was going up to him. People were making TikToks with him. Like he was in so many people's videos. You know who else I saw there? I don't know if you guys ever watched Botched on E! News or on E! But there was this guy who's really famous for having like over 100 plastic surgeries. He has fake muscles all over his body, like a fake bicep insertion, fake abs insertion, fake hamstring insertions. Everything is fake on him. And I saw him there and I was like, honestly, starstruck. I was like, can I do a meet and greet for each individual insert that you have? Can I meet your kneecap that's fake and your shoulder muscle that's fake? <laughs> you know who else I met? Rashonda, the girl who does um like the let's look at the board and it's really very simple i don't know if you know her she's just the funniest tiktoker ever and she was so sweet um so kind i love Rashonda. i will say someone who had a bad reputation there and this is like the tea i'm gonna spill someone who i did not go up to but 
because I heard prior that they're not the best person to talk to at an event because they may not be nice is Terry Joe, the man who plays Terry Joe. He's obviously one of the biggest TikTokers here, like huge, massive, like Terry Joe, that character takes over the internet. But I've heard when he, when you're out with him and he's not in the Terry Joe makeup, he does not really give you conversation and super dismissive doesn't want to speak to you really and it's people like leave with a bad taste in their mouth i heard that from multiple different people while i was there and i was just already in bad mood so i didn't want to go up to him so i did not talk to terry joe but i think i'm gonna cut terry joe some slack just because i watched his zach sang interview and he was saying how he has really bad social anxiety and he gets nervous meeting people because he doesn't want to not live up to the expectation of like being as funny or like crazy and exciting as they want. And he's just really not good at conversation. <laughs> so honestly, I respect it. I get it. And sometimes it's hard for people to even just say hi. And I was definitely feeling that at every single event I went to. It's hard to even hold it together enough to have a short conversation with someone and play nice. And not everyone's in the mood to have a 10 minute amazing small talk and networking moment. But I'll I'm sure I'll see him again and I will be really, really sweet and kind when I do talk to him one day. So there are definitely some people who left me with an icky feeling in my mouth after. And I was like, wow, this stereotype of influencer does exist for sure. Just content monsters and machines who don't care what they crush in their way. And if they continue being bad when I see them, I will name names and I won't be unapologetically bashing them. But until then, I'll keep it cute. First day was hard. Second day, totally different story. I finally went to my apartment and it looks better than it did on the pictures, honestly, which is so like not expected. Like how often do you go on a tender day and they look hotter in person? Not very much. Usually people put their best foot forward on their profile and there may be some catfishing involved, but the apartment had renovations done and it's so spacious and there's so much light. Even though it is a studio, it's honestly the biggest studio I've ever seen. And it's a studio because there's like a hallway where the rooms like kind of like circle around so you don't really see the other room it's just like a big square with something in the middle so it doesn't have like a studio feel it has like a very separated single bed apartment feel and i love it i'm so happy with it i live in west hollywood the gay capital of the world also i want to say i was so honored i was invited to that tiktok pride event because i always used to look up to unapologetically queer people who go to things like that and are uh like representatives of the community and i'm so proud that i get to be and I'm at a place in my life where I'm proud to be that. And people can look up to me. So that was just such a crazy, fun honor being invited there. But yeah, West Hollywood, gay capital of the world. The grinder scene. It's crazy. Oh, and I'm going to tell you who I saw on Grinder. You're going to fucking die. You're going to die when I tell you who I saw on that godforsaken app. But um, I also live right next to CBS Studios. I probably shouldn't dox myself like that, but CBS Studios, I'm not like right next to it, but you know, I already told you I live in West Hollywood, so that's right next to it. But um, I live like really, really close. I don't know how long of a drive, but very short uh, uh, for the crosswalk that James Corden did crosswalk the musicals on. And that is so funny to me because I was driving down it going to see a movie and I was like, wait. I recognize this crosswalk. I'm such a loser that I recognize the crosswalk. I was turned to my friend and I was like, is this where James Corden did crosswalk the musical? And then I turn in the building right next to me is CBS and I'm like, no way. I am obsessed with that. And I'm actually so sad he's gone. Like I would have just parked my car 
on that street and just waited for a free concert every day of my life. I'm I'm not even joking. Like a free concert of Harry Styles, like dressed in a rat costume, like shaking his ass in front of me. How much fun would that have been? The next host who takes over it better be exciting because I'm going to go to that show all the fucking time. But anyway, I had no Wi-Fi in my apartment for a moment. That's why I was not doing this podcast. I was I literally had no Wi-Fi. Like my data was being so slow. I was basically just watching Shrek in my head from memory because I, I didn't have anything to entertain me. Slowly the data got better. My Xfinity upped its game. I got my Wi-Fi all connected. I just got my couch delivered. Before that, the only place to sit in my apartment was my toilet. So <laughs> can't keep eating all my meals there. I was walking down my street though, and I swear to God, it's like a little shady around here. Being in a new city is so scary because I don't have a rape whistle. I need like mace or something. I do have this one alarm though. I could pull it for you guys. Wait, is it by me? It's like one of those things you put on your keychain and it makes actually, no, I'm not going to pull it because I have neighbors. Oh, that's why I hate living in an apartment. How am I supposed to fornicate loudly with all these neighbors? But, um, yeah, it's like a keychain that like rings super, super, super loud. If someone starts doing anything to you, but I was walking down my street and this homeless guy sitting so close to my door was like going off to no one. He was arguing with the wall with the air and he was yelling about how Fran Dresser the actress and comedian from the show the nanny he was screaming that Fran Drescher owes him money <laughs> and she owes him residual checks from the nanny because he made up the concept for that show and that is his show and she owes him a lot of checks and he was like I'm waiting for my check bitch fuck you Fran Dresser and for a second I was like oh my god is Fran Dresser somewhere around here I love the nanny she was working in a bridal shop in flushing Queens. still her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes i love that show i would have like literally fangirled but i was like oh no he's just a crackhead but i feel like crackheads are like the, the sprinkle on top of a good city they add to the atmosphere they really just rile things up but yeah it seemed like he had receipts too that homeless man he can't afford to buy anything but he has receipts he was like that is my show so i guess we'll see if anything ever comes of that I also went to Saddle Ranch my second day. Remember when Ariana Grande was like, did we all really have to go to Saddle Ranch that bad? Because all the influencers kept going there during COVID because they needed content. They didn't care who was dying. There were people, grandparents, young babies dying, but they didn't give a fuck. It wasn't, you know, it didn't live up to the hype of everything. It was much smaller. It gave very like Western straight sports bar vibes. And that is not what I was expecting for some reason. I was expecting like bougie, really, really, really big bar that so many people could go to and hang out and like mingle, but it's really not that big. And half of it is outside. So I was like, how do people even get that rowdy here? It's so for the straights, for, for the yeehaws, for the cousin lovers. I don't know. I didn't like it. But the service was really not that good either. They told us they would bring us bread and an appetizer. And then they never brought us bread. And they brought us our meal before the appetizer. And after one point, they just like stopped coming back to our table. But they took one of our debit cards right when we got there. So we would be like forced to pay. And so literally like hours later, they came back with one of our debit cards. It was very confusing. Sutter Ranch does not live up to the hype. You don't have to go there. And I definitely wouldn't want to get on the public's bad side for going there during COVID. So Ariana Grande was right. No one needs to go to Sutter Ranch that bad. Still the second day, I was feeling like 
a bad son, a bad person for moving across the country and just like kind of like an asshole. I was having one of those moments like, am I really meant to be here? Is it really worth it? Should I just go home? Is this not what I actually wanted? Did I, should I have been more careful with what I wished for? Because, you know, I got it and now I don't want it. And I was just being really reflective. Like, is this all worth it? Not spending time with my family. And then the second night I go to, as you know, if you listen to this podcast frequently, one of my favorite pop stars in the whole world, Ava Max. Oh, she's sweet, but a psycho, a little bit psycho. I go to her concert and I was in a terrible mood before I went to this concert. I was just so sad and pissed. And then I get there and her manager or someone on her team who I love and really appreciate, he tells me that she's going to bring me on stage tonight. Like, and her live, really, really big LA concert. Like, in a whole theater, there was thousands of people in this place. There were celebrities there. Let me tell tell you who. Oh my God, you guys. (laughs) Because I get this news. And while I'm waiting, I'm going on stage during the sixth song. So for the first five, I'm like amping myself up. I'm dancing. I'm getting hype. Like, I'm about to go on the stage with Ava Max. Um, this is amazing. And she's bringing me on stage because she does a segment during the show every night of her tour where she brings someone on stage during her song, Maybe You're the Problem. And she picks someone from the crowd to be the problem for the night. And basically, I was the problem. So I got to go on stage. And I was just supposed to sit in a stool and let her sing around me and dance around me. But I took this moment for all that it's worth. And I was twerking. I took my shirt off. I, I wore a shirt where the buttons come undone super easy. So I was like, perfect. So I get up there and right when the beat drops, I rip open my shirt and it's like a big reveal and all the gays in the crowd were going crazy, dancing in front of thousands of people, like full skin. And I didn't mean to rip every single button off, but I did. So I was like fully shirtless, nipples out, basically magic mic in like for no reason. But I added to the show. I, I was like, Ava wants a problem. I'm giving them a problem. I'm going to give them a show, something to remember. I need to make a name for myself while I'm out here. But the gag is, is that before that, right before that, me and my friend who I was there with were talking about Scooter Braun. And you guys know how I feel about Scooter Braun. We talked about him many times. He's very famous. He's like A-list. Even though he's a manager, he's like an A-list or celebrity, which is really impressive in itself because so many people know him because he's that successful. Like he works with Ariana Grande, helped her through her whole entire career, her main manager, and she's the love of my life. So there's something to say there. Also, happy birthday, Ariana Grande. It was yesterday. You're the most important thing to me. You're my everything. No pun intended. He manages Justin Bieber. He stole Taylor Swift's Masters and has made $300 million of a profit off of it. <sighs> and guess what happened? I was about to go on stage and I'm standing arm in arm with someone. My arm is like rubbing them. I'm talking to my friend Adam and we're mentioning Scooter Braun. Like, I wonder if he's here. Oh my God, Scooter Braun. Like, so controversial. Wouldn't that be crazy? I see my friend's face go white. He's looking at me. We're talking normally. And then he just stops talking to me. Stares at me. and His face goes white. He turns around and walks away from me. And I just know him so well. I'm like, something is wrong. So I look around. I'm like, what did he just see? And right next to me, shoulder to shoulder, we are touching a Scooter Baron. I'm right next to the Scooter Baron. This is my second day in LA and I'm already having such a crazy encounter like this. Like an A-lister controversial. But like, you know, you still have to respect Scooter Baron at the same time because he manages all your favorite artists and 
like you just have to put a lot of respect on his name and i do appreciate him for launching ava and ariana's so, like i love him in that sense but i was like this is so batshit crazy to me and now this is gonna be in my head right before i go on stage and dance shirtless like a little prostitute stripper and then i look to my left and my friend adam he sees someone else and guess who he sees he sees selena gomez's best friend raquel from her documentary that everyone was like giving shit about for being a bad friend and assistant she's standing right there and so we're looking around for selena we didn't see her but the fact that these celebrities and friends of celebrities there was some other like smaller celebrities as well but the fact that they all saw me do that on my second night that was my moment where i was just like I feel like hopping on a flight back to my hometown tonight Something stops me every time. The DJ plays my song and I feel all right. Like Ava Max brought me on stage and I felt all right. You know, I was like, okay, I'm meant to be here. This is my moment where I feel all right and everything's going to be okay. And this is like an omen. Like I'm meant to be here. All these people are watching me. Ava Max just decides to bring me on stage. Like what a crazy fucking night. And I got off the stage and people were asking me for selfies. And some people knew me from TikTok and the podcast and were DMing me that they didn't know I was going there and they saw me dance. And so thank you for coming up to me and posting about me. It was so cute and cool. And it was just like a pinch me moment. Like, wow, I flew away from my home and I've been there for what, 48 hours and this shit is happening? Crazy. But yeah, the week continued with so much more craziness. Uh, that whole weekend, I was not even at my apartment. So that's why you know, my Wi-Fi took so long to get set up and my apartment took so long to get everything together and why I just got a couch because for three days I was at VidCon, which is over an hour away from West Hollywood. So I was in Anaheim, right, right by Disneyland and all of that stuff. And I go there for three days because I'm invited to the TikTok party, the Instagram party, uh, and all like the lounges during the day at VidCon. And it was like the craziest, most influencer-filled events in the whole world. I met a lot of people who were really amazing like Haley Bailey she's a really funny ass comedian on TikTok you should watch her she was so so sweet like the sweetest like she gave you more than the time of day uh and she's growing super fast so definitely go stay on her Ravon who hangs out with like Larray and all them me and him were talking for a while and we were like hitting it off quite well let me tell you who I saw on Grindr at these parties Spence Waugh <laughs> I opened Grindr at the Instagram event and Spence was on it. And I'm like, Oh my God, girl, you're like, this is why you have the daily screen because you put yourself in these situations. But yeah, I saw him at the party and he was like screaming to someone in the corner, like being very Spence. Why I did not go up to him. I don't think I was socially prepared for that. Uh, the networking was much better at VidCon that weekend. I felt much more confident, much more secure in my place being there. And like people liked me and respected me and wanted to talk to me. And I wasn't a bad person for leaving. So so many connections made, like hundreds of people. I met a lot of people who are not only influencers, but in the industry who work on the strategy side and business side and merchandising side and uh, like growth content, uh, like like the analytical managerial side of things, if that makes sense. But yeah, everyone was super, super cool at those parties. High budget. Like as I was going to tell you how the influencer parties really are instagram and tiktok went out it's a really good time to be a creator and i think you guys should be one i i'm the friend who convinces everyone to start tiktok 
and I'm like, whatever your hobby is, I'm like, tell me your hobby right now. Is it is it making sandwiches? Start a TikTok about making sandwiches immediately. Is it being annoying and laying in bed all day and judging people? Start judging people online, like in a respectful way. But I'm just like, make videos because these platforms are so cute right now because they have to compete for our attention. So they have to try to like one up each other. So the TikTok party was at this massive venue. And I mean like massive. There was like multiple floors and so much food. I was being obese that night. Cake pops, cupcakes, like full on desserts. There was like a bar of just the most amazing fried food and mac and cheese and vegan options of everything. Cause I'm like kind of a vegan still. And they were just really trying to one up each other the whole time because then across the street is where Instagram had their party the next day and they had the most amazing food. But not only that, they had Coyla Roy performing who sings, um, cause girls is players too, but to catch another flight, apple bottom, make them want to bite. I just want to have a good night. So I was like, damn, this is definitely a pretty extravagant life to be, be living. I feel like spoiled. It was kind of like wild though, because the TikTok party had way more people there. And there was a little bit of like tension because some people at the TikTok party were like, are you going to Instagram tomorrow? And a lot of people had to say no, because I don't know why Instagram was being stingy with the invites. I feel like Instagram had more people like from the industry there and less influencers, but TikTok had just like a lot of influencers. And I met so so many kind people. Um, food with soy. I was talking to, I talked to a lot of other pop culture content creators. I saw some contestants from reality shows I liked there and I was talking to them and I was proud of myself about how I kept it together. I didn't stutter too much or randomly start crying. But now let me spill some other tea. There was one influencer who I talked to who I got so nervous right before. I don't even know why. Like I saw them and I was like, okay, I I need to go talk to them. But right as I was approaching, I felt this like rattling of anxiety and impending doom. And I was like, for some reason, I just knew this interaction was about to go so bad. I go up to them and I'm like, I'm a big fan of your TikTok. And then I just couldn't get another word out. I was just like awkwardly staring at them. And I have a stutter. If you don't know, it's, I like kind of edited out of this podcast. If I'm having a bad moment, I'll pause it for a minute and then continue. But if I'm ever taking a random long pause, it's because I have a stutter. So I'm like stuttering in front of this guy. I can't even say my name. Because sometimes when I talk to people, I stutter a lot on words that have like an abrasive start with like a B sounding or a P, like P, B, things like that. I stutter really bad on. So my name is Patty. And I do all these alliterations with the letter P, like Pop Culture University and Petty Pop Culture and Petty Pop Personal, Petty Pop Private, all those things. So I really just set myself up in that way. But I go up to him and he's like, what's your name? And I just could not say it. So I just pull up my TikTok and show him it. And I, at that moment, I was like, but like, don't follow me. You don't have to follow me. Please don't follow me. And I just walk away. But they were so nice. He like he could tell I was nervous and like having some sort of breakdown and couldn't talk. But I'm going to say their name just because they were so nice. It was Adam, the guy who does the the Rosa character. Um, I'm, I'm sure you know them. I'm. I forgot what his full name is just because the Rosa character is so famous, but Adam Ray, sweetest, nicest person in the whole world. Like literally so fucking nice and sweet and comforting. I just want to hug him and like stand him forever for being so gracious in my awkwardness and my stuttering and my screaming at him to not follow me back. Like what? 
God, so weird. But I just ran away. And if I ever talk to him again, I'm going to pretend that never happened. But I will think of him as an amazing person for all of it. But yeah, now I'm more settled in. Something really bad that's happening is my wisdom teeth are coming in. So this should be like a joyous week of my life. And I should be excited. But I've had pain in my mouth no matter where I've been going. And I actually have a dentist appointment tomorrow. So we'll see if I need them out or if it's even my wisdom teeth. I'm such a hypochondriac. I'm like, maybe it's this or maybe I have a tumor in my mouth. I don't fucking know. So we'll see. But it's been very painful and I'm excited to get them checked out. I feel like my mouth is going to implode or something. Speaking of imploding, we need to talk about the submarine next. But just to wrap this up, I feel like the week was really sad at first and now it's like really exciting and things are coming together and I'm proud of myself for putting myself out there, branching out and taking a leap of faith in my career. Cause it's definitely not cheap and it's not easy or not nerve wracking. So while I'm still a little bit sad and intimidated, I'm going to stay and spread my wings and learn how to fly. Although it's not easy to tell you goodbye, take a risk Take a chance, make a change, and break away. But really, what we can learn from this is that for things to change in your life, you have to make a big change and make a big, take a big chance, take a big risk. Kelly Clarkson was so right when she sang those words, even though Avril Lavigne wrote that song. But you have to put yourself in your own life first and live for yourself. And you have to be willing to believe in yourself so much that you are confident enough to take big leaps like that. Because if you don't make big changes and you only take super small steps, nothing ever that big is going to come out of it or nothing will ever change. Do you know what I'm saying? So you need to spend your only life on this earth unapologetically and fiercely, very, very fiercely going after your own dreams and desires and happiness. And you can't live it for someone else. You can't stay in the same place for someone else or deny yourself the right to pursue your dreams just to make someone else happy because they'll love you anyway and be so happy for you. But you owe it to yourself to want to one day look back and be thankful that you at least tried. Because, you know, I could go down in burning, crashing flames (laughs) while I'm out here, but at least I can look back and be like, I tried. And when I was 22, I moved to L.A. to pursue my dreams. And that will be nice to live with. Um. But yeah, nothing could be worse than the regret of not trying. So what I would just say is there's no risk. There's no reward without the risk. And do not worry too much about the possibility of making someone miss you or the possibility of failing or being scared. Just take the risk, take a chance, make a change and break away. So students, as I'm sure you've been hearing about all over the fucking world, because this is suddenly the only thing people care about when there's really, really rich people in a near-death situation. Would would we care if it was poor people in a near-death situation or actually dying? No. But since there was five billionaires 
in a submersible this week, trapped by the Titanic, it's all anyone can talk about. I mean, you could see all the clickbait right there. Like, billionaires, the Titanic, death, implosion. That's why everyone's talking about this thing. There's just so many ways to grab people's attention. And the Titanic is like still so relevant after all these years. So anything that happens with it, people are so damn interested in. And it is a really like mysterious historical event and just so absurdly tragic. 1,500 people dying on a boat. It's so awful. So I get the curiosity. I was just so surprised by how much traction this news story was getting. I haven't seen a news story get this much traction in years. Like every video on TikTok about it was getting almost like tens of millions of views. Absolutely absurd. So if you don't know the whole story about the Titan Ocean Gate submersible, you need to hear about it. So let's just talk about it, class. This was definitely the biggest thing while I was gone. Um, This week, five men died in a submersible. A submersible is like a kind of like a submarine. They're similar in a lot of ways, but a submersible can go way lower because it's much smaller and uh, doesn't take up as much space with like equipment. So it can't steer itself. It can't make itself go back up. You can't even open it from the inside. It's saving a lot of space by being so tiny. And that's how I can, how it can get down further. Cause the Titanic is like 1700 feet below or I forgot exactly how much, but like way too deep, like for any human to be going there without something protecting them or even a submarine. So you have to be really, really, really protected in order to go there. But five billionaires got in this little tuna can and they were led by the CEO of this company called Ocean Gate, which is basically led by an ocean explorer named Stockton Rush. Stockton Rush, huge ocean explorer. He was so passionate about the whole thing and the Titanic. And he he was definitely very smart. Like, uh, yeah, he ended up killing those guys and like a 19-year-old, but he was still smart. He was, he he went to college for um, astro physics or something. Something so smart, I don't even know what it is. He's just that guy. And he was really intelligent because he only would really go to the Titanic because he knew the world and pop culture was so interested in the Titanic that he could get funding to go that deep in the ocean. As long as he went by the Titanic to maybe pull up some new information or get some new photos of it for people to obsess over. But he said he would try to go to other deep places in the ocean, but no one would fund him to do so. And yeah, he's a billionaire, but he was already putting so much into his company. He would just lose hundreds of millions of dollars super fast if he was not getting funded so you got to give him props he was like let me just use the titanic to further my ocean exploring career and discover the ocean for people so good for him and then there's also a guy on there called named paul henry narjolet and he was also a massive ocean explorer one of the most skilled submariners ever and his nickname was mr titanic because he went to go visit it that many times. Isn't that crazy? So we're not dealing with some average run-of-the-mill amateurs who just want to get some content and explore. These were smart, intelligent, PhD-having men. But what happened was, unfortunately, they got the full Titanic experience because they died. <laughs> Their submarine catastrophically imploded. <laughs> That's so horrible. Ew, even just saying that catastrophic implosion, 
that happens. I feel like I catastrophically implode when I when I poo and throw up at the same time. Has that ever happened to you? And you just like throw up on the floor because the toilet is busy. Anyway, that's what I call a catastrophic implosion. <laughs> but these guys paid two hundred and fifty thousand to go be taken down to see the Titanic and. The gag is, is that they had to sign a waiver that said these words. This experimental vessel has not been approved or certified by any regulatory body and could result in physical injury, emotional trauma, or death. And it mentioned death three times on the first page. <laughs> but you could see the Titanic through a little porthole. Ooh. Burr, 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 burr. So sign it. Sign the dotted line. I hope they had a will. Oh, my God. You know who whoever is in their will. It was not sad about it. I, I'm sorry. I, I would have to love someone really deeply to be sad about getting a billion dollars. I swear to God, there's like some like distant family where if they imploded and I was in the will, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Like I, I would just be so happy. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, bitch, they died. You can't really blame them for signing that waiver, though, that mentioned death three times because death is mentioned every time there's a commercial for headache medicine or aspirin. It's like you you might die if you take this. It could result in traumatic injuries and death. And if you take it past this time, you it will result in death. You could die if you take this, but go pick it up at CVS. So honestly, we see shit like that all the time. So let's just talk about why this thing was even so unsafe. Why did it have all those things on its waiver? It was so unsafe because the man who made it, Stockton Rush, was really big on being an innovator. And he knew to get to that depth of the ocean and go on such long explorations, because they were supposed to be down there for multiple days, that he was going to have to cut some cost. And like not only cut cost, so people could do this more often and explore deeper. But he also wanted to make his submarine smaller and have innovative technology in it so he could go deeper and explore more. So he was trying to cut corners in multiple ways here. But he never got it inspected by a safety agency because he thought safety stifled innovation. So he didn't want an inspector to stop his parade. No one was going to rain on his parade. He was just going to go do it. He even fired an employee who told him that his submersible may not be safe. <laughs> he was like, you better be a yes man or get the fuck out. You better agree with me or you have no job, bitch. The thing was controlled by an Xbox remote from within the inside. And it only had one button. Not even iPhones have one button anymore so if you have one button like that's that's embarrassing that's like a thing of the past like you still have the iphone 6 why is your submersible as advanced to technology as the iphone 6 like the thing was a tuna can it was made of carbon fiber which he should not have used it's not potentially strong enough to withhold that much pressure under the ocean he should have used titanium like hasn't he ever listened to that sia song i am titanium like Sia let you know how strong it was well she was trapped in Beyonce's basement writing that song but one of his last uh interviews in over the last year Stockton was talking about how he would like to be remembered and now this conversation is just so eerie because he's definitely going to be remembered 
forever, like in the history books, especially for what I'm about to say. So he was talking about how, quote, I'd like to be remembered as an innovator. I think it was General MacArthur who said, you're remembered for the rules that you break. I have broken some rules to make this. I think I've broken them with logic and good engineering behind me. Carbon fiber and titanium, there's a rule you don't do that. Well, I did. Oh my God. He's like admitting guilt right before he goes down and kills those people. He's admitting that he knows what he's doing is so wrong. And he knows damn well there's regulations. That's so crazy. His confidence was really absurd and crazy. Like that's fucking wild. That he was like, yeah, I broke all these rules, but I think it will go great. And yeah, I agree that sometimes safety safety stifles innovation. But man, when you're taking five people who spent that much, that deep in the ocean, and it's like a death trap anywhere. There's like landmines all around. There could be a sea creature or implosion. You're getting stuck. You're running out of oxygen. That's not the time to not care about safety. Safety first always. Luckily, I can't afford to die that way. <laughs> but we actually didn't even know if they died at first because for multiple days, everyone was just freaking out about where they were. They're lost. They're supposed to be up by now. There was a, like a countdown clock as if it was like Times Square and New Year's Eve that everyone was staring at about how long they were going to have with oxygen. They were missing for two days and that last day where they still had clean air for one more day because that's like three days was their limit. Everyone was freaking out. So many videos about it. Uh, like hopes and prayers and sending love tweets everywhere. So much investigation was put in as well. Like the U.S. Navy was trying to detect any sounds that they could be making. And these guys are intelligent. So I bet you if they were stuck just because uh, like their submersible wouldn't float to the top and they were still alive, they would be making banging sounds or communicating in some way. But the Navy actually picked up banging noises that sounded like a human like banging on a wall. And no, the banging noises weren't Jesse J, Nicki Minaj, and Ariana Grande. <laughs> it was not bang bang. They actually don't know what those banging sounds were because they thought they were the people trapped. And now everyone's like, maybe it was the ghost on the Titanic or something. And I honestly believe that. Like, I feel like if 1,500 people died in the same area... Like, that's where there would be ghosts. So I wouldn't doubt if the banging noises were um, ghosts, for sure. But what the U.S. Navy forgot to tell us is that they picked up the sound of a submersible imploding the same day that it was descending to the Titanic. How, how do you forget to mention that when you're out looking for them at the same time? Like, girl, we, we, we heard the, the sound of a giant-ass metal machine caving in on itself. Did that ring a bell? Did that raise an alarm? Maybe that's them. I'm sure any other random banging was not it. Maybe any other banging sound could have been King Triton making another daughter of a new race because he had one of every race in the Little Mermaid. But no, it was the sound of a submersible imploding and what a crazy way to go and it's so crazy that you can be like that was actually the best case scenario imploding because if they were just down there sweating and passing around some water sharing the last of the rations uh maybe like 
touching each other's penises for the last time before they die or deciding if they're going to have to eat one of them so they can take up less oxygen and get some food. I mean, that sounds much worse than just imploding, you know? So what happens when you implode, you ask? When your body implodes that deep in the water, apparently it's like 400 tons of pressures being put on you at the same time. So not even Nicki Minaj can work under that much pressure. Pressure apply. Can't fuck a regular guy. So basically they get liquefied. They just get so skinny. Liquefied, liquefied. It's like, think of them as an egg and you just break it in your hand and the hard like shell just goes to liquid immediately. It's like that. So the death happened so fast that they didn't even register it was happening. Because when your body gets imploded that deep, you die in, in one nanosecond. And it takes 100 nanoseconds to, for nerve endings to send signals to your brain that you feel pain. And that's when you feel it. So they weren't even close to feeling pain, which I guess is nice. But it's also so scary thinking of the concept like you exist one second and then not the next. And you don't know how you died. That's so crazy. That's like sudden death mode. <laughs> As if you're like in sudden death in a basketball game. Like just sudden death. I wouldn't be able to process that. I'd be in heaven like what happened or in hell. I don't know if, if all the Christians are right. But yeah, poor guys. And yeah, they are billionaires and people are like, eat the rich. They got what they deserved. Yes, we do say eat the rich, and I agree with that. But I, I, we more so just mean like eat the rich's money, and like even the playing field. Uh, we, I, I don't think anyone deserves to like catastrophically implode in the ocean. Not even Selena Gomez. I'm kidding. I love her now. Me and her are like great now. Maybe, but I don't think anyone deserves that. So everyone's like, yay! I'm celebrating five billionaires dying. I don't know. But isn't it weird that, like, they're so rich and powerful, but nothing could save them down there? Like, they have any resource in the whole world. They had the whole Navy looking for them. They're billionaires. Nothing can save them. Like, the ocean does not discriminate. It will take you down. It will kill you. And it's also just eerie that the Titanic was also really famous for being a really ship, like a ship that killed a lot of rich people on board. A lot of eerie coincidences here. Um, something crazy is that their bodies were found about, or not their bodies, but the body of the Titan, their bodies are gone, completely gone, even their bones. Um, the parts of the Titan submersible were found 1600 feet away from the bow of the Titanic. So close. Like, God, can you fucking imagine? A part of me wonders, maybe they, like, they wouldn't be completely mad at their death because, as I mentioned, that guy was named Mr. Titanic. He loved it so much that he's dedicated his life to researching it and going down there. He took 37 trips down to the Titanic. Like, what the hell? Like, his drive to the Titanic is like my drive to the gas station. Like, he's just, he's just casually going there all the time just, just to go see it and check up on it. And now he died right by the Titanic. And his, I guess, um his remains, whatever is left of him, like floating around or on the floor, are now going to be like a part of the Titanic lore and a part of the wreckage forever. 
So part of me like thinks maybe he would want to be eternally like immortalized in the Titanic world. So maybe he wouldn't be mad about it. And he was like old too. Like, you know, he was like almost 80. Like, would you want a few more good years or would you want to die by the Titanic? That's kind of lit. But someone I really feel horrible is the son of one of the billionaires who went with his dad on the submersible. He was 19 and he just wanted to go with his dad because the trip fell on Father's Day and he wanted to spend Father's Day with his dad. Oh my God. That is like, you know, he's a good guy. He's a good soul because he just wants to like make his dad happy and bond with him. And his family was saying that he was really scared a few days before, but he was still just going to do it because he wanted to make his dad happy and spend time with him. And then he fucking implodes. He did not deserve that. That is so sad to me. Like a part of me feels like they had to have known a few seconds that it was like before it happened, that it was going to happen, you know? They had to have known and just gotten like a little bit of a warning or heard a crack because they had to lose the the pressure chamber first. So I'm sure they heard something in that moment of fear right before they knew what was about to become of them. Like they just don't deserve that. And apparently when a pressure chamber bursts like that, um, it lets out heat that is hotter than the surface of the sun. So Yeah. They were fish filleted for sure. And then they were fish food. Horrible. I don't know if there's anything else to say about it. What what other th- crazy shit happened? Um, one of the stepsons of Hamish Harding, who was on the ship, his name is Brian. And right after his stepdad went missing, who he was allegedly like super close with, while the whole world was looking for him and like being worried about him, he went to a Blink-182 concert, even though like literally the whole Navy was trying to find his stepdad and everyone in his family was like wailing with agony and terror and sadness. He was like, I'm going to go to a Blink-182 concert and he posted about it. And his caption was, it might be distasteful being here, but my family would want me to be at the Blink-182 show. I mean, Kravis did just announce they're pregnant. That's kind of iconic. I don't know if I would want to pass that up. But it's also like, bro, maybe they would want you to go to that Blink-182 concert like a few months after they died, you know, so you can like move on with your life and still live your life, but not as they're in the process of maybe being live and maybe not. And Cardi B said something really smart about this. She's like a really like emotionally intelligent person and all her takes are super good. And she was talking about how like that guy is so fucked up for going to a concert while his dad may or may not be alive or dead and he should be worried sick. And if that was me and my family, my family better be waiting at the phone, uh, waiting for any update about me, better be searching. They better be doing whatever they can involved and they better be sad, at least as it's happening. And it's like, hell yeah, if I'm 17,000 feet at the bottom of the ocean, potentially going through the worst experience of my life, like barely hanging on by a thread. I'd appreciate at least like one strand of tear coming from the people who I, who I knew. And if they were all at a concert, unless it's the heiress tour, if they were all at a concert while I was dying, that would be so fucked up, but it gets even worse. This guy then claps back at Cardi B. And this is how, you know, this guy has no soul and just wants clout and probably the money from his now dead dad. He goes, Cardi B, we all know your latest releases are trash, but is your career really that desperate for attention now? 
bro, why are you taking this opportunity to beef with a celebrity? What is happening? What is with people's morals? That is so absurd and fucked up. Like you are not famous. You are not the it boy. Like no one cares about you. We just think you're weird that you don't care that your dad's dying. That's why you're just fucking weird. Cardi also doesn't want to beef with you. She didn't respond to him after this because she probably just knew he's he's a lost hope. He should have imploded down there, not the fucking dad. And that that nice young man who was going out of his way to be a good son in that submarine who then died by his dad's side should have been up on land. Well, that horrible guy should have been down there. Because you know what else he did? He tried to use this sympathy that he has for himself right now to hit up a female sex worker on twitter and he quote tweeted her and her caption was like who wants to come over and take a seat or something and he goes me please me and it's like bro she you're trying to get ass right now your dad is down there potentially trying to grasp for air and just hang on to any strand of life and you're trying to get some punani and grab some ass you are so fucked up. People are crazy these days. And I can't imagine being that emotionless. And you can just look at a photo of this guy and be like, oh, yeah, he looks like a horrible narcissist creep. So I hope you weren't in the well, sir. I hope you got n- nothing. I hope the Blink-182 show got canceled and that girl ignored you and you're not in the well. You know who else came out and said something about this? Mr. Beast. The YouTuber who's suspiciously young for, you know, how he looks. He said, I was supposed to be in the submarine, but I backed out of it at the last moment. He was invited to be in the submarine. I can imagine the clickbait now for Mr. Beast if he actually did go down there. It'd be like, I implode with billionaires by the Titanic. It would have been great clickbait for his channel. Unfortunately, he would have died. But that'd be great if, like, his camera survived and, like, floated to the top or something. Another billionaire also said that he even put down a down payment to go on that trip. But at the last moment, he decided to back out over safety worries. It's giving... I was supposed to be in the music video. You know, I was supposed to be in the music video. Like, we we, we get it. You're supposed to be on the submersible, but you weren't. You know what makes me sad about all this? Is that I wish... It worked out for this guy because I really do like innovation. And I think the the billionaires that spend their money to further human knowledge and put themselves out there to explore and like put their lives at risk and dedicate all their time to all the resources that they have and make the most of the billions. Like I really do respect Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos for being super innovative and changing the world. There's a lot of things they do. I don't agree with, but I can definitely respect someone who's like taking people to Mars and the moon and, like you using their money for something worthwhile and this guy was doing that as well he was just doing like ocean exploration which is like just as exciting as this this uh you know space if you ask me so i wish it worked out for him because this was just such his passion and i wish he got to see it through and it makes me sad that maybe in his last moment on life he was thinking how he may be remembered as like a failure in the ocean exploration zone because he he knew it was his fault and he's going to have that legacy a bit now. But I feel like he did make a lot of progress too. And I hope ocean exploration isn't halted for a long time. Because I am curious about what's down there. We we haven't even explored like 70% of the ocean. So 
I hope this doesn't stifle anything and it sucks that it didn't work out because I really wish it did. But anyway, what can we learn from this? I think what we can learn from this is that the risk of dying gives meaning to life. These men were so fearless and so willing to put their amazing lives at risk. Like they had a lot to lose. They're like billionaires. If I was them, I wouldn't leave my house. I have a great life. Like I, I don't want to lose this. I, you know, I have too much to lose, but I just think they were so passionate about the whole thing that it, it like they almost wanted to explore their deepest dreams and hopes and desires so bad that the risk of it going bad and dying was what made them feel alive. So I guess what I'm saying here is I hope you guys all find something you're passionate about or have something you're that passionate about that it kills you. There's, there's like a quote that's like, uh, it's something like the thing you love the most will be the death of you because it will just like run you into the mud and make you put your life on the line and like risk it all. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think it's just a, a beautiful thing that their passion was the death of them because they loved it that much. Like that's, that's kind of a cool and slay way to die. Like that guy who is Mr. Titanic is now laying like dead by the Titanic. That's fierce. Like, I hope I lay dead next to, like, Kim K or Ariana Grande. So I'm just saying, like, we should all strive to have something that we're so passionate about that we would die for it. And it will be the death of us because I just think it's so cool. Okay, well, thank you for joining me on Pop Culture University today, students. I'm so happy to be back with you. I had the best time chatting. And uh, keep an eye out for something with the podcast soon is all I'm going to say. Keep an eye out get excited not it's not so exciting but like get excited keep an eye out because pop culture university well you'll see get excited definitely been working on things um but yeah please dm me hit me up let's chat i am so nervous for my dentist appointment tomorrow i'll let y'all know how it goes on my instagram i'll like give you live updates I hope they just take my teeth out and I heal in one day. Some people are like, it was so painful and I was in pain for weeks. And then other people are like, I was literally fine after like four days and it didn't really hurt that bad. I'm just such a wimp and a little bitch and have no pain tolerance. So I feel like anything will just hurt so bad for me. And I already have such a fat face. I don't want to be swollen and look like a chipmunk. Ugh. The dentist I was going to, though, is in Beverly Hills. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that so bougie? Maybe I'll see, like, Kris Jenner there. <laughs> we we can meet while my mouth is being clamped open by the dentist. And I'll be like, ah, while I'm trying to talk to her. I love that. But, yeah, I hope you all have an amazing week. DM me. Let's chat. And, um you know, follow everything, the TikTok, Petty Pop Culture, Instagram, YouTube, Petty Pop Culture, the Snapchat show, Unfiltered Pop, really helps me out if you subscribe to Unfiltered Pop. And I will see y'all very soon. Okay, bye.